Patanjali says, Yoga Chittubriti Nirodha. That what is yoga? He said, I've told you what yoga is. It's the union. But how do you attain that union? He said, it's very simple. You have tendencies that have been developed over lifetimes. When people are born, even let's say to twins, you know, they have different proclivities, they have different tendencies. One person likes hot, one person likes salty, the other person likes sweet stuff. One of them may be more angry or more aggressive, the other one may be more docile. There is a role that uh, there are tendencies that go with you, travel with your soul as you go from one body to another. And they only get either strengthened or you acquire new ones during your life based on what your upbringing is and what kind of environment you live in. And mind is like water. You put it in a freezer, it's going to turn into ice. You put it outside, it's going to turn back into water. So the environment you live in makes a huge difference to your state of mind. And meditation is about going beyond that environment so that your state of mind becomes mostly independent of what's around you. Because not everything around you will sit well with you. Not everything around you will be agreeable. You know, you can think a million things. Not all of them will come true. And those things, those dreams that don't come true are often the root of grief. You want certain things certain way. If it does, if it's not happening that way, you say, I'm not happy. If everything goes exactly according to you, you'll be happy. Simple, but it's not possible. Unless you go sit in a cave and never see anybody for the rest of your life. But before you do that, learn to meditate because they're really depressing. <laughs> So, yoga chit vritti nirodha. Patanjali says, the way to that samadhi, the way to that union, is by understanding your tendencies and by putting a check on them. We live in a world of extreme consumerism, where ambitions are encouraged. Go make more money. You know, wow, you work 16 hours a day, you're very productive. He works very hard. It becomes a headline. Our Prime Minister sleeps only three hours a day. Pretty bad, if you ask me. If you have to work a lot, either you have taken on too much or you don't know what you're doing. And I'm one of them. I work 18 hours a day, by the way. <laughs> so I haven't figured out whether I'm the first category or the second one. <laughs> but it's not needed. We, when we take ourselves too seriously, then we feel the urge. Then we feel the need that everything that I've thought, everything that I've said, everything that I've aimed for must happen in my life. 
and that acceptance kind of fizzles out. And then we fail to see what's already there. Then we don't see the murmuring Ganges next to us. We're only thinking about stuff that's bothering us. And it's an art to be able to pick and choose. And that's what meditation is. That's how you check your tendencies. And then he laid out the path, yam niyam asana pranayam pratyahar dharma dhyan samadhi. That you start with moral restraint and you start with certain observances, certain discipline in your life. And then you learn to sit still, he said, in one posture, thiram sukhamasana. And then you start, learn to regulate your breath. Only then, and then only, you'll be able to withdraw your senses. Because senses, it's through senses alone, touch, taste, smell, sight, sound, that we feed our mind. If I plug those senses, mind gets no food. If mind gets no food, mind will die on its own. The layers will come off. And the, and the real consciousness, straight up supra-consciousness, supranormal consciousness arises on its own then. But you can't plug your senses unless you have learned how to regulate your breath, unless you've learned how to channelize your energy so you can sit still, unless there is a certain restraint in your life in terms of purity, truthfulness, cleanliness, charity, in terms of uh, compassion, gratitude, and so on. And then he says, okay, if you're, once you have withdrawn your senses, pratyahar, then you are ready to concentrate. It's a sixth stage. And when you learn concentration, then you get to the seventh, which is meditation, dhyan. And once you dive in meditation, then absorption arises on its own. That's samadhi, the ultimate state of tranquility, that state of grand bliss. You know, sometimes you meet certain people and they have this radiance on their face. There is something so magnetic about them that you can't resist them. <clears throat> they may not meditate, but if you're leading a pure life, if you're being grateful and you're doing the right thing, you will exude the same radiance. Meditation is a conscious path of getting there. <clears throat> A disciplined way, a structured way. Those who are deep into devotion, there are a lot of people who just chant and whether you are uh, a Christian, a Muslim, a Sikh or whoever, Hindu, doesn't matter. If you are deep in your devotion as well, you will still exude the same radiance. You will still have the same peace and bliss. But not everybody can surrender. Because we know that not all scriptures say everything that we can happily accept. For those who can't surrender, for those who require a bit more scientific approach, meditation is for them. Meditation doesn't require devotion. 
It helps if you have it, by the way, because devotions make you soft. It makes you mellow. But it doesn't require it. It's not a prerequisite or a requirement. Meditation is a structured way.